Let's just pray before we start the service this morning. Father God, we just thank you for this morning, Lord. Father, you said whether two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are there, and if they come together touching anything, you will do it. So, Lord, even as Pastor Allen was proclaiming by the Holy Spirit, we thank you for the authority of the name of Jesus, honoring the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in this place. And, Lord, I also declare, like Pastor Allen said, healing for your people, physical, emotional, spiritual healing, Father God. Lord, we thank you. You sent your word and healed us that Jesus is the bread from heaven, and we eat that bread and we live. So I declare life, I declare joy and strength in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. When I had graduated from Bible school and was working at a ministry, I'd have to do offerings and altar calls and preach maybe once a month, and I had a retainer from having braces, you know, and you know that little retainer, they put up this piece of wire underneath your tongue, and I had never been a spitting preacher before. And they put that wire under my tongue, like, listen, we got to get rid of this. I'm a preacher. We got to have something I can take in and out because I don't want people getting baptized on the front row. <laughs> so I'm glad all y'all are doing the social distancing and wear a mask because if you sit near me, I might baptize you. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 24. We're supposed to give sermons titles so people can know what we're talking about. My title this morning is Happy, Joy, Crazy. And you can go to Acts chapter 24. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, because this story is literally almost the whole book of Acts, but it's about eight chapters long. Paul the Apostle had been preaching and doing the will of God. He was tried to minister to the Jewish people early on in his ministry. And it's kind of crazy, because that's who he wanted to minister to. But every time he would preach to the Jewish people, there would be a riot. People would try to kill him. They would try to kill everybody. <laughs> and the people he really didn't necessarily want to go to, the Gentiles, God gave him some great success with Gentile people. So I want to encourage you just in that. You might think, you know what, I'm from Texas, I'm from the country, I'm a country boy or a country girl. God might send you to the city slickers. He might send you to downtown, and they're like, they love you. And vice versa, the country people might be the people who fight you the most. Because God didn't consult your past to determine your future. So Paul is doing the will of God. He goes into the temple but before he goes into the temple in Jerusalem, James and Peter are like, listen, there's rumors that you're teaching against the laws of Moses, saying if you become a Christian as a Jew, you can't keep the law anymore. So we wanted to dispel those rumors, so we're going to have you take these Jews from Greece to the temple to be considered clean so they can go to the temple. They called it like a ceremony of purification. So Paul's like, okay, I'll do that. James, Peter, you send me to the temple. Send them in the temple to get arrested. <laughs> You know, literally, Paul goes in there to do it. They're like, this is a guy who's destroying Judaism all over the world, and he's a heretic. The Romans come and have to take him out by force, and they're about to beat Paul just to get information out of him. And he said, is it lawful to beat a Roman without a trial? So they didn't beat him, but they're like, well, we'll just keep this guy in jail because we don't know what to do with him. He had done what the elders of the church said to do. Actually, God told him to go to Jerusalem and told him before he got there, he would be arrested. So he did what God said to do, goes to church and winds up in jail. And all those preachers say, come to church, it'll make your life better. <laughs> so Acts chapter 24 and verse, we'll really go to verse 22. This is Paul before Felix, who was the Roman Jewish governor proxy in Israel at that time. When he, Felix had heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, 
he adjourned the proceedings, and when the commander of the centurion comes down, I'll make a decision. And the commander, he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to give him liberty and told him, do not forbid any of his friends to come provide for him or to visit him. And after some days, Felix with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, sent for Paul, heard him concerning the faith in Christ. As he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away now and I'll call for you for more convenient time. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. Later, he was replaced by Festus, who became the governor, and wanting to do the Jews a favor, they left Paul in jail. Now, let's go to Acts 26, verse 2. Paul, speaking before King Agrippa, speaking before uh, Festus, who also knew Paul before he was a Christian, he said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I'll answer for myself before concerning all the things which I've been accused of by the Jews. I think myself happy, King Agrippa. You know, as I was praying for the church, the body of Christ all over the world, our body locally, and I began to pray about our church and about us, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy, and at his right hands are pleasures forevermore. It says in Philippians 4, 4, to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. The Bible says to give thanks in all things. Now, it's easy to give thanks and to rejoice and give God glory when everything's going good. But what do you do when you come home from work and the water heater's gone out and flooded your house? What do you do when you come home from, I've had to do this before, I came home from work and the dog baptized your house in doggy stuff? <laughs> what do you do when you go to work and they, it's like, oh, there's that flaky Christian again. You know, hey, Mr. Bible man. You know, hey, preacher boy. I got called preacher boy a lot while I was going to college. What's up, preacher boy? I'm like, I'm doing good. I love Jesus and I love you too. I pray for you as I grip my teeth. And <laughs> it's easy to say, you know what, I'm happy when things are happy. But there's a difference between joy and happiness. Because Paul had been in jail for two years for something that he didn't do wrong, and God had told him to do it. And what was worse, Felix, the previous governor, was like, hey, I kind of like your preaching. I'm going to listen to you. In fact, he heard the man in chains preach, and the guy who was a powerful governor began to shake in his boots because he knew what he was saying was real. Literally, he had this awe about him. But he was also greedy. He did it backwards. We come to church, and we give love offerings to the pastor. This greedy governor is like, well, maybe if Paul being rich, he can give me some money. I'll let him out of jail. <laughs> Think of the injustice. Locked up for something you didn't do because you did the right thing. And now I want Pastor Allen to be my guest minister every day because he'll give me money. I might let him out of jail sooner. You could have been offended. You could have been sad. You could have been angry. Now these other arrogant people come on and put this big old show, and they knew you before back in the day. And they're like, hey, what do you got to say? And the first thing out of your mouth is, I think myself happy. In spite of what hits you, you determine your joy level in life. The Bible says weeping could last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It says to rejoice in all things. We have to make the choice. You know, this morning I began to celebrate just how many people in my church are still alive. I looked around and said, oh, no, no COVID virus took out our church members. Praise God. You guys made me so happy I had tears of joy. Because you have to make a choice every day in life. You know, you, you, I could sing my song for you. For those of you who have never heard the song. 
you know, the, there's a negative song, which is I call Doom, Doom, Desclare, and Agony on Me, Deep, Dark Depression, Excessive Misery. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And then there's my song, when, I, when things get really bad, like, what do I have to thank God for? I mean, what do I really have to thank him for today? It's like, I'm not going to go to hell. Mm, I'm not going to go to hell. No, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to fry. I'm not going to go to hell. Woo! <laughs> I mean, in all things, you don't die. Because the problem with the body of Christ sometimes is we get so focused on materialism and what we consider ministry success. Jesus said if you gave a cup of cold water to one person, you never lose your reward. He sees what you do in secret, and he will reward you openly. So don't look at yourself and say, oh, man, what, why is my ministry here or my life here or my uh, family thing here? Or where's my spouse? God's got one for you, Cammie. Don't worry. <laughs> Coming soon. If he wants you to marry Christian John Wayne, so be it. <laughs> I'll be good. So this choice that, you know what, God has such a good plan for my life. If the only thing he did was save me from hell, I'm going to sing and dance every day. Because life here is a vapor, but then outside of this life here is the real life, which is eternity, the life that is to come. Paul said this, he said, listen, I have a hard choice to make. I could go to heaven, which is far better, or be with you, but it's more expedient that I help you. His first answer to King Agrippa is I count myself happy. In life, your joy levels up to you. You have to choose, what am I going to focus thanking God for? Now, in the previous chapter, because Felix liked Paul, he said, don't forbid him to have friends. Let them come see him. Let them provide for his needs and visit him. You know why he was under arrest? Because the Jews were trying to kill him. So the prison became his pulpit to preach the gospel. It also became his provision of his needs, and it became his protection. So rather than looking at your life and saying, oh, all these things are bad, begin to say, well, wait a minute. I got provision. I got protection. I'm writing epistles. You might have considered, well, wait a minute. I lost my job. God's got a job, better job for you. Your, uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend might have dumped you. God saved you from a messy situation. He got a good spouse for you if you keep your heart right. You know, you might have said, well, you know, things, I got to wear this mask. Yeah, but you ain't got no lung cancer. You have to take things in perspective and say, you know what, God, I thank you for everything you're doing in my life. I had the privilege of meeting a former uh, UFC fighter who's a Christian, and his sister had, was kidnapped and went missing. And they finally had just to pronounce her no longer alive, you know, and he fell into a terrible depression. But he came out of that depression, and I asked him, well, how did you get out of that depression? He said, I would get up and thank God every day for little things, that I could tie my own shoes, that I could comb my own hair, that I could brush my own teeth, that he gave me the opportunity to go out and love other people. You know, that if, when you as a believer, it's easy to let the things that are in the world discourage you. You know, it doesn't mean you're a less of a believer if that stuff tries to come on you, but you have to choose to stand up on the inside and say like Job, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. The Lord is good and good to all. His tender mercies cover all of his works. The darkness may last for this moment, but our God has the victory. Jesus Christ is the head of all the universe, and he's coming back. And every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. He is the Lord of glory. Satan has no victory over the body of Christ. If you leave, you just go to heaven and have a party with Jesus, man. Now, Acts chapter 26, verse 
uh, 16, Paul sharing his testimony with everybody. Jesus, he's quoting, but rise on your feet, for I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things I'm yet going to show you. And I will deliver you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There's a lot of good stuff in this, but I want to speak to us right now. But you rise up and stand because God has made you a minister and you a witness of your generation. And he said to the Jews and to the Gentiles, that means to everybody. That, as Christians, don't get so caught up on social media uh, stuff. I'll say stuff. The Bible does say dung in the King James, social media dung. Because the world is in darkness under the sway of Satan. Sin or sin is an amazing thing. You know what we call the terrible twos? The terrible twos because babies throw fits and throw poo. <laughs> Human beings without God can do some of the best things and some of the most awful things. That's real, so don't let it trip you out. But like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people are doing this. You don't need, let me say this. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, did it under Augustus Caesar, but he also did it under another Caesar named Nero. Nero used Christians to light his gardens on fire. I need to see at night, let's light up a Christian. Paul did not say one ugly, bad thing about any leader in his epistles. You know what he said? He said, pray for all kings and all men because God desires all men to be saved. Now, it could have been real easy. Look at Paul. He's preaching to these people who've been mistreating him, but he cares more about their salvation because he knew his purpose that God had made him a witness and a minister was bigger than winning. It's to bless your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you can be sons of your father. You know, if you win, you lose sometimes. You know, I could win a road rage situation, and then they go put pastor or YouTube freaks out. He said, God's called you to be a witness and a minister to Jews and Gentiles, to all people, to deliver them from darkness. Listen, our problem is not people of other religions. It's that they're under the sway of Satan. Our problem is not atheist people, they're under the sway of Satan. Our problem are not even what we call racist people, they're under the sway of Satan. You could take somebody from a false religion, atheism, any other sort of ism, and you bring them into Christ and they find their real identity and their real purpose. Because the man preaching had tried to destroy the church and God used him to build the church. That person who drives you crazy at your job, college, Thanksgiving dinner, might be the person who becomes a spiritual giant in your family if you look at them for the eyes of love. To receive the forgiveness of God and inheritance amongst all the people, let's jump down to verse 24. He's preaching the gospel to these men, sharing his testimony. Festus, who had been Paul's friend before he became a believer. Now, thus as he made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're beside yourself and mad from learning so much. He's like, you've gone crazy. I'm using the New King James with Chesley colloquialisms. But he said, I'm not mad, noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak, he's talking about Agrippa, freely knows these things, for I'm convinced that none of these things escape his attention because it wasn't done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, 
you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God not only you, but to all those who hear me today might become like me altogether as much as I am except for these chains. Now, when he had said these things, the king stood up, and the governor and Bernice and all those who sat with them, and they, when they got outside, they said, this man does nothing deserving of death. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man would have been set free if he hadn't appealed to speak before Caesar. So this is such a beautiful passage to me. Paul's preaching, and his friends hear him, who don't know God like he knows him, and said, uh, Paul, you've gone crazy for reading too much. You might be known as the crazy Christian in your family, the Jesus freak, the person who's always posting scriptures on your Facebook, you know, the person who doesn't cuss even though you could cuss, or you don't drink, or why don't you drink? Can't you just have a little drink? Jesus turned the water into wine. <laughs> Growing up, people would tell me that. I'm like, yeah, the Bible says also, you know, wine is a mocker. <laughs> you know, there's, and people might think you're crazy, but Paul's response is, I'm not crazy. I've just found real life. I just speak the truth. And so people, don't get mad at people when they look at you and they don't understand what you understand. Keep revealing it to them. When King Agrippa, Paul asked him, do you believe? He said, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. But it's kind of like a sarcastic answer. Like, well, Alan, you almost made me a Christian, but I got other things to do, buddy. And he said, listen, I would have that every one of you would become like me except without these chains. Because Paul knew his purpose. God made him a minister and witness. And rather than even getting mad at sarcasm and somebody calling him crazy, the, oh, his heart's desire, number one, was those people would be born again. Listen, the Bible says love never fails. A lot of things are going to fail, but love will never fail. You say, Chesley, how do I witness to somebody the love of God? Chesley, how do we reach drug addicts or people on amphetamines, the love of God? Chesley, how do we see change happen in the church that transforms society, the love of God, where we're willing to love people more than even getting our way and being right? He said, have you all become like me except without these chains? Now, just to let you know what happens in history later on, you know, Augustus Caesar is no longer Caesar. Paul doesn't go before Augustus Caesar, but he goes on to start the church in Spain and had a long and successful ministry. But I just want to share a few more verses about this joy. Philippians 4, 4 says to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Philippians 4, 11, let's turn there together. And get y'all out of here in time to go for a drive through somewhere, amen. You know. Or some of y'all doing the keto thing, just eat your <laughs> sardines in the car. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, hey, sometimes like when you try to, you know, um, I had a hand injury back at the beginning of the year. And I couldn't exercise for several months, but I exercised my right hand, <laughs> you know, food and ice cream. <laughs> and I put on some weight. So, you know, I decided, well, you know, now that they cleared me to exercise, I started exercising. And I'm in what I call the weird in-between phase where you lost so much weight, your fat pants don't fit. <laughs> but not enough that your other pants fit. <laughs> so I find myself doing this right now while I'm preaching. Don't be looking. <laughs> uh, you know, one time I had that happen, and I was talking with my dad. I was like, Dad, what should I do? He's like, lose more weight. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. But Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in regard to need, but I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. 
I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content, to be happy. Just, okay, God's with me. I can be happy because God's with him. You see, I say this in not an arrogant way. The Bible says that we have been invited into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, and you just open my door, I'd come in and be with you and you with me, that you can know me. All other forms of religions, you have to keep the rules or else, but you don't get to know the deity. But the Christianity, the deity put on humanity, died in our place, destroyed the barrier between man and God. He said, now if any man's thirsty, come to me and drink. If you're thirsty, if you're tired, if you're weary, come to me. Come to me, and I will restore your souls. I'm the good shepherd who restores your soul. So... In my love relationship with Jesus, it gives me joy where, yeah, my family doesn't live here, but I got him. Yeah, I'm single. I don't want to be single. <laughs> you know, maybe God will do a quick work in these last days. <laughs> or I'm going to end up like Paul and just be celibate my whole life. Hallelujah. It says that you can be happy. You know, if you can't be happy, there's so many people. It's funny because, you know, I minister to folks who are like, oh, I'm so sad because of COVID. I can't see nobody. You know, I wish I had a spouse. Then I meet the married people. Oh, Lord, my husband's been home for three weeks. Send him back to the oil field, Jesus. Deliver me from this man. I mean, happiness is not even relationship status, single, married, or other. It's knowing who you are in Christ and having a relationship with Christ. You have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews, he's not ashamed to be called your brother. I always say I got a cousin and an uncle. They used to fight everybody where I grew up in my small country town. I go to the barbershop and like, are you related to so-and-so? I say, I don't know him. Because I was ashamed of my family, my kinfolks, slashing people's tires and stuff. Jesus knows you and everything about you, and he likes you so much. He says, you're not just my, you know, servant. You're not just my witness. Alan, you're my brother. Janine, you're my sister. You're valued to me. You're like close to me. I love you that way. I'm proud of you. I accept you. And when you begin to know how much Jesus loves you in spite of yourself, it fills you with joy. I was at Bible school, and we had to pray all day, but I made sure I had my own prayer time with God. So I'd get up in the morning, go run three miles, and then pray. So I'd get up at 4.30, do my running, and then start praying. And one day, it was really cold outside, and I went to Bible school. One of the girls who was a student a year ahead of me, she was from Russia. And she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, God answers prayer inside with heat. <laughs> I'm like, well, you don't understand. It's like I, I get up and go pray because I want my time with God. She's like, does it have to be so early? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, explain to me. I was like, well, listen. I said, if the president of the United States said he was going to have breakfast with you and coffee at 5 in the morning, would you be there to meet him? She's like, yes. I said, well, what about the governor of Texas? Yes. I said, okay, what about the mayor of Houston? Yes. I said, think about this. The God of all the universe, the one who hung the stars in the heavens and knows them by name, who upholds everything by the word of his power, who knows the hairs on your head and every tear that you shed. He loves you so much and says he wants to meet with you and know you. And she's like, I think I would try this thing. <laughs> I wasn't so crazy after that. You can be content with your relationship with Christ. That relationship with Christ, so you're not tossed to and fro. You don't get up if the start market's up or if it's down. Um, we pray and we vote, but we don't even lose our minds over who wins or loses elections because we know who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
Christ was not his last name. It means the anointed one and his anointing. Also, one of the words for anointing is to be smeared like somebody rubbed oil on your head. You know, my friend's mama was Latina, and we'd hang out as little kids. I was four years old, so one day she thought I was six, so she put manteca on my forehead. It's like grease, <laughs> you know, like, oh, hijo, tu eres enfermo, manteca. <laughs> and, and so God looks at you and says, oh, you're down. You need some manteca of joy, some manteca of the anointing of Christ. It says Christ was anointed with more joy than all of his companions. In his presence is the fullness of joy, and his right hands are pleasures forevermore. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when I say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it means the anointed one and characteristics of the anointing, which is joy. Joy. They preach the gospel and there is great joy in the city. I don't say this to be critical because sometimes God touches me and I do weep, but you never find a part in the Bible where they said God moved and they all cried. It says that there was joy, there was festivity, there was celebration, there was laughter. He put joy on their mouth and laughter on their lips. In Christ Jesus, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And if you have been fighting depression this morning, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and declare that he will put joy in your mouth, laughter in your lips, and he'll new song in your heart. God wants you to be strong during the season. It says that the man fails in the day of adversity because his strength is small. We see who the real people are, and we see the people who need the help of God during times like these. But this morning, my encouragement to you, God chose you for a purpose to be a witness. Count yourself happy. Count yourself beloved of God. Count yourself an overcomer. There's more for you to do on this earth still, and this thing's not over yet till God says it's over. If you just close your eyes and raise your hands, I just want to bless you this morning. Lord, I just thank you for your people, Father God. Lord, you said you've appeared old to us, saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, I would draw you to myself. You said heaven and earth would pass away, but my word would not pass away. You said the mountains could depart and the hills be removed, but my loving kindness would not depart from you, nor would my peace be removed, says God, who has mercy on you. Lord, for any person who's had to fight discouragement, or sadness, or depression, I declare that it's broken in the name of Jesus, and Lord, pour out your oil of joy. Pour out your oil of joy. Pour out your oil of joy. Lord, I thank you for the joy in our salvation, that you would put a new song in our heart, Father God. Lord, that you would put that laughter on our lips, Lord. Your joy that gives us that strength to accomplish what you've called us to do, and Lord, we at the epicenter will accomplish your will. We will see revival. We will see the sick healed. We will see the lost saved, Father God. God and delivered from darkness. Lord, we thank you. Glorify your son Jesus in our lives. And Lord, I just declare joy, joy, joy. Ha! We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord. The word of God declares that when you begin to pray in tongues, it brings joy and refreshing. And I just want to encourage you, sometimes we got a bicycle in our house, but we don't use the bicycle or treadmill. We don't use the treadmill, but it's there. As a believer, your secret weapon, you can pray in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to get Chesley to pray for you. You have a direct line to the Father. And remember to take that time to stir yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, getting refreshing, and then you're able to refresh other people. I love you. God bless you this morning.